Are you there, Tabitha? Yes, I'm here, Jeff. Great. So this is Jeff Sekirik. I'm back with podcast number six. Today I'm talking to Tabitha. She is one of the, she's coming in from New York, one of the best writers on Twitter, and also has her own show, which I'll fill you in on later. How are you, Tabitha? I'm doing well this evening. How about you? Pretty good. We've got the power shut off here in Cambodia. I think they're giving us a little practice for what's to come, potentially. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, so How long has it been off for? All night, which usually isn't all the night. case. Wow. Yeah. Shut off about hmm. 11 at night in the morning here now. Usually it comes on after a couple hours. So perhaps they knew that I was calling you. I doubt it. Perhaps. Yeah. But hope not. So just by way of review, we had to go back to where all this started. We had 5G mandatory vaccinations in one of the most polluted areas on earth, Wuhan. So you come up mm -hmm. with a phony virus and a fake disease to name it, which now we've got no shortage of doctors all across the world stating that the entire field of virology is nothing more than theoretical. Then you slap a new name on all the illnesses that come out of that area. You bribe hospitals to take all of the existing fatalities that would have happened anyway and we know that's what's happening since overall deaths worldwide are down, not up. And we get them to call these, exe these uh, existing deaths, including all of the ones that happen with the standard flu, this new disease that we've come up with. You get the media to sell it to the public 24-7. So they're now walking around in fear with their masks on, which cut off the oxygen supply to their brain so they can think even less clearly than they did before. And you mm -hmm. get power happy bureaucrats in every state in the country to issue unconstitutional orders, which they've got no right to issue. Did I miss anything? I think, uh, I think that's everything. Uh, yeah, I think well said. I think that's everything. It looks like the whole food shortage thing has kind of dwindled, at least here it has uh, in America, but that was another aspect that they were trying to tout. Oh, and I guess one thing I would add that they're always talking about this supposed virus being zoonotic, meaning that it leaps from animal to, to human. That's another big angle that they're pushing, which kind of is reminiscent of the avian flu and the swine flu of yesteryear. So that's what I wanted to ask you about today, because I've noticed that in the past couple of days, it feels like they're scrambling to... <clears throat> You know, you always get the, uh, if, even if you go back to the AIDS, it came from a monkey. You heard, you heard several mm -hmm. different excuses. But this idea that a virus can spread from an animal to a human, I wanted you to speak on that and tell the audience what your opinion on that is. Well, viruses are not alive. Uh, they cannot leap from human to human or from animal to human. So that is uh, something that is uh, a hoax but they, and also viruses have never been um, photographed under a microscope. So every time we see those big spooky balls with all the spikes, that's just a, a cartoon essentially. Uh, but they're doing this because I think it's a way to get rid of um, the meat industry and to put fear into people and to get them on this fake, this fake meat, like the Beyond Meat, uh, the Impossible Burgers, things like that, because most people aren't going to give up 
eating meat, whether it's good quality or bad quality. So they're going to have to trick people into doing it by getting these people on the fake meat. And I've even heard stories of them making these kind of um, hybrid burgers, which are half fake meat and half real meat. And uh, I think they're going to raise the price of real meat, even low quality meat, and then uh, lower the price of a lot of this fake meat, which I've seen being done already, and then instill the fear into people that you have to do this, otherwise you'll get it. And they're also saying people can get it from their pet. That's another angle of the zoonotic that they're pushing. So they're really looking to kind of decimate every industry as well as strike fear into people. That's the way I see it. It's hard to believe that even after all this information, which is free to anybody who digs even a little bit on the internet to this point, that nobody you know is sick, that the overall death rate is, is down, not up. And yet still, the public is walking around as if this thing is real. It's hard to believe at this point. It really is hard to believe. And it's, it's even harder to believe, or it's really wild rather to believe that we're all living through this, like people like me or, or you or other people in the know that we're living through what, what seems like, I don't know, one of the biggest psychological operations of all time, if not the biggest, because it involved the entire world. Of course, there are ones of yesteryear that were big psyops, but this is like everyone in the world has to be like a, a character in this psychological operation wearing the costume, uh, no ifs, and, or buts. At least here in New York, it seems to be that way. If you want to go into any store, you have to, you have to wear it. Some places are even re requiring that you wear gloves as well. Yeah, I had Peggy Hall from Orange County, California on my show last week, and she, she's done a lot of good work on the mask issue, um, pointing out that... <clears throat> It's not a law. It is not a law in any way whatsoever. So the newspaper, the LA Times, came out with a uh, you know Newsom an article stating that Newsom has uh, has issued a mask mandate for everybody in California. First off, he doesn't have the authority to do that. <clears throat> the governor is not a lawmaker. It has to go through an entire legislative pr uh, procedure, and uh, once it's a law, it's stamped. It has a uh, a number and there are citations if you disobey it. None of that actually happened. The newspaper came out, said that uh, there's this <clears throat> mask mandate. And in the article, when you click through, you find out it was just a guideline and a recommendation by the health department. But of course, when you've got order followers out there who are willing to enforce this psychosis, it um, doesn't really matter if it's a law or not. So we're seeing that these governors don't have the authority to do it, yeah. do this, but the public's walking around with it, doing it. And unless you've got somebody that's willing to push back, as she did, it's a big problem. Yeah, it, it really is. But now we have this situation, like you say, people are enforcing it by uh, wearing it. And uh, it's essentially mob rule. You must have seen some of the the highlighted, I guess, um, hashtags or things that are in the bold over on Twitter in the last couple of weeks, you have all these blue check people and all these celebrities talking about wearing a mask, wearing a mask, wearing a mask. They have a lot of talking heads uh, reinforcing this narrative, people wearing the mask in their picture. I mean, you'll never catch me doing something like that, but they have all these people who are mob rule essentially reinforcing the hoax. That just goes to show you how important <clears throat> the powers that shouldn't be know 
that the mask is. If people walk around and stop wearing it and get, and get the idea, hey, nobody's sick, the whole house of cards comes falling down. If they're walking around the mask, they can yeah. al- always tell themselves, pat themselves on the back and say, hey, I'm part of the solution. If I hadn't have been wearing the mask, I'd have 10 people around me dead by now. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I even got this feeling last week with the whole mask thing where they're like, oh, no, you have to wear the mask, too. We all have to wear it together for it to protect. Like, I have to wear it to protect you and you have to wear it to protect me. It's kind of the same um, hypothesis that vaccination is running on. No doubt about it. Very much so. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. Yeah. And that's... Uh absolutely true. Peggy mentioned that to me last week. And and to be fair, I hadn't really thought of that answer. That is, if you're wearing a mask, how does my wearing one help you? (laughs) It doesn't, does it? No, it doesn't. That's that's the same thing with vaccination. It it doesn't. If it if it works so well, nobody else in the world would need to get vaccinated. No one else in the world would need to wear the mask because your mask or your vaccination works so well that everything else is is perfectly fine. But of course, that's the big hole. It's like a Swiss cheese piece of Swiss cheese. There's huge holes in this entire operation. That just seems like the most obvious one that everyone has to wear in order for mm-hmm. it to be a protective method. Crazy. Did you see? Uh... Gates and his wife on uh, uh, on interview, I guess it was day before yesterday, talking about people are going to pay attention to the second wave when it comes through. I didn't hear him say that, but I did hear that the WHO was talking about the second wave being worse. And I think I saw something a couple of weeks ago where Gates was talking about that, that they underestimated it or something like that. And I got the feeling in the beginning of this when this whole happened this all happened in the first wave that they were going to do something where maybe they would crank up the 5G after people were more oxygen deprived and more nutritionally deficient, more inflamed and stressed out. And then the second wave would be, quote, worse. So yes, that was my gut instinct a couple of months back. Well, your gut instinct was correct. So because he just just come out and warned that I think his exact words were. <clears throat> People didn't pay attention during the first wave, but during pandemic two, they're going to yeah. be forced to pay attention. So if you had to take a guess yes. based on everything you've seen in New York, what do you think wave two is going to look like? I think it's the media is going to report that there's going to be um, more uh, deaths because I even saw something at in Florida last week. They had their biggest day ever, uh, even factoring in with the first wave. I think it was supposedly 9000 people dying. And of course, we don't know how these people died. We don't know their pre-existing health. We don't know what type of medications they were on. Uh, we don't even know if these death numbers are real. So it could really be anything, but I think that's what they're probably going to do is they're going to say that more people are dying in this wave. And of course, here in New York, it's very, very humid this time of year. We, we have a humid summer. That's just one of the things that we get here in New York. It's that type of weather. It's not a dry heat. It's kind of like more of a, of a hard to breathe heat for a lot of people. So how is this going to factor in for someone who's already not in such good shape who's wearing this mask all the time. I mean, I see people wearing this mask in their car with the windows up, driving alone. So it's not going to be good. Yeah. So, and, and also, so have they given you any orders for another lockdown in New York? 
Not that I know of. No, I haven't uh, had anything like that yet. I've gotten some uh, emails saying, you know, this is like what's opening this week. This is what's opening next week. I actually was able to go to a restaurant and dine outside last week and not wear a mask. So that was that felt really good. It was almost like we had rolled the clock back a couple of months, uh, but not every place is like that. Sure. And most places you can't go in unless you've got the costume on. But as far as I know, I don't know anything about more lockdowns coming, but that could change in a couple of weeks. They're doing it in some places. We'll see how it, how it rolls out. Um, during the winter, obviously, less sunlight. People tend to exercise less. Uh, due to a, a number of factors, people usually get sicker in the winter. So this wave two, we'll see. It would be very easy for them to just keep doing what they're doing, blame the, uh, you know, blame more sick people on the virus and say it's a second wave, and do nothing in terms of producing more casualties. I could definitely see that. By the same token, it would not surprise me, given what uh, Gates was talking about uh, yesterday. Or, day before yesterday, I think it was. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if they do something more serious to actually produce some casualties. Agree. Yeah, I think they actually might do that. I think the second wave, there actually might be more real uh, deaths because they're looking to make this look as believable as possible. And that could be from 5G or even oxygen deprivation from people wearing that darn mask all the time, people wearing a dirty mask. I mean, putting it over, especially if the person's eating a lot of junky stuff. I mean, they could be just breathing out a lot of just really nasty stuff and then breathing it all the way back in. It's, it's, it's not going to be good. And a lot of people are just keep on re reinforcing it, saying that it's, it's a good thing that you're saving lives when you're more likely putting yourself at risk and reinforcing a narrative that puts others at risk. No doubt about it. One thing I can tell you for sure is if they manage to get a bunch of people to voluntarily take the injection, what happens when you, when these people go take their standard flu shot, they get sick. You're going to immediately have a spike in illness. If you get a bunch of people to go in for the voluntary injection, which is already happening out there. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, and who who's to say that, let's say, uh, in the what's usually known as the flu season, like, let's say, September here in America, who's to say that they're going to be putting something extra dastardly in the flu strain vaccination for this year? Yeah, it's hard to believe. Possible. It's hard, definitely hard to believe. It's hard to believe that given the history of government in general, I mean, if you look at the last century, depending on who you believe, 262 million people killed by their own governments, not counting wars. It's hard to believe that people, even knowing that their government has driven them into debt and, and cares nothing about them, you can prove that in so many ways, but they're still willing to trust them to inject this thing into their body, which they have no idea what's in it. Yeah, it's weird how some people will not trust certain um, areas or institutions, but then they'll just have um, complete truth and complete hope within the medical community. That's a really hard one to get people to see past. I mean, they might be able to see past things like the media 
or other other areas that have been, you know, infiltrated and corrupted, maybe like financial things like that. But when it comes to medicine and health, that's a really hard one to get people to understand the hoaxes involved in that. And this whole psyop has been about, I think, allopathy, allopathy or Western medicine becoming this god. I mean, you probably remember those uh, memes back in Twitter a couple of months ago where they would show like what looked like the last supper and a bunch of doctors just standing around a table. Right. Right. So is there any, uh, I'll give you an example. That's interesting. You mentioned that I've got a neighbor here in Cambodia and sometimes we do workouts together. We've gotten a lot in common and I was under the impression that he thought like me, he had listened to some of my podcasts before. And, uh, I mentioned to him, Hey, you might want to consider having a backup plan in case they decide to tell us, well, when you come in to renew your visa, you got to go through this medical procedure and that medical procedure, which I could certainly see because, for example, here in Cambodia, to get into the country, you've got to, this is a new thing, you've got to put $3,000 down. They keep your money. Then they give you this phony COVID test. And if you come out positive, you get your money back. If you come out negative, they quarantine you for two weeks, keep the money, and you've got to pay for your hotel. So in one swipe of the pen, they've destroyed most of the people that come here are backpackers or retirees. They're on a limited budget. They come here because it's cheap. So with a swipe of a pen, they have destroyed their entire tourism industry. Maybe not the entire thing, but a damn good portion of it. So I mentioned to my neighbor, I said, if they're willing to do that, that means in all likelihood, they are just willing to go, go along with whatever dictates the WHO puts forward. When we go to renew our visas, which is every six months to a year, I could certainly see them putting a whole bunch of medical hoops to jump through, if not some type of injection within a year. So I said, yeah, what are you going to do about that? And he said, well, if that happens, I'll just, I'll go back home. He's from Europe. I said, I'll just go back home. I said, you're, you're forgetting the idea that I'm betting within a year, you won't be going near an airport anywhere on earth without a test or an injection. And immediately his eyes got very big and said, that's conspiracy BS. I don't need that in my life. <laughs> These are his exact words. And that, that is the feeling I get from a good percentage of the population. If when they become threatened, they don't want to believe that the world is this way, their identity, their future, all of that depends on this fabrication that they're living in, that that government is not their enemy. What do you think about that? Yeah, because I think that's well said. And I, I've encountered people like this uh, as well. And it's almost like if they had to think in a different way or maybe kind of mull over what you said, it would require such an adjustment in so many other beliefs that they're not ready for that kind of makeover, essentially, that psychological makeover. So they just kind of brush under the rug what you say. And then they use a media buzzword like conspiracy theory to debunk and brush away what you've said, which which is true. I mean, he not, might not be able, be able to even get back to England without taking some type of test. I mean, that's a very oppressive um, area, the UK. Anywhere in Europe, anywhere over there, forget it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Europe. especially the UK, but all of it is bad. Yeah. I mean, if they, if they, they, this is what they want to accomplish. If you go back to event 201, 
I mean, Gates did mm-hmm. actually say most of the work we're going to get done is going to be during pandemic two. So now, now mm-hmm. the question becomes, well, what kind of work are you talking about? I would suggest what, what's the prime directive of this whole thing? It's to get everybody injected. That's what they're going to be working on. Yeah, they want to get everyone also just in a state of just total frenzy where the average person doesn't know what they're going to be hit with uh, next. They believe all the psychological operations, um, their health has um, been floundering. Like I know people who have put on lots of weight and have taken to a lot of junky food during this whole um, virus crisis. So they want people who are already kind of like been stunned with the poison blow dart to get stunned even further. So if you take, if you take uh, a person like, the, like this neighbor I've got in uh, Cambodia, how would you go about, what you can't do is you can't go at them and start talking reptilians, flat earth, aliens, uh, the Federal <laughs> Reserve, uh, you know, all, all viruses are CGI, which is, is probably accurate. Everything's fake. In other words, you don't, you don't want to go at them and hit them with 10 different things at once, which I get all the time on Twitter. Jeff, did you hear about this, 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 and this, and just a long list of stuff, all of which may be true, but to go at your average person, your average TV watcher with all of that, it's just going to further cement the idea in their head that you're nuts and they're normal. Yeah, exactly. You can't start a conversation with those things because then you just make yourself look, um, crazy. And that's not the way to go about it. I mean, I always think sometimes just talking about something like, I think I had mentioned this to you before the Smith modernization act of, um, 2013 January uh, that happened after the Sandy hook or Sandy hoax, as people call it. I don't know the true story of what happened there. I haven't looked too much into it, but regardless of whether it was uh, actually happened or not, what matters is that they, um, passed this law the beginning of January, lifting the propaganda ban, meaning that it's it's legal, at least here in America, for the um, government to legally deceive us. So I would start with concrete, crisp, concrete information like that, as opposed to just coming out with some type of random story that may or may not be true that's going to give your credibility, like, um, you know, not give you credibility, essentially. Something you can prove. Something that has some... Exactly. Or, Factual. Yeah, or a... Or a Take, for example, like I haven't, I don't eat meat. I haven't had meat for 30 years. That doesn't mean I'm going to eat a Gates burger, far from it. But you take somebody that's like, I, I'm, I've got many followers because I've been doing this for a long time that are coming at it strictly from the dietary standpoint. But they don't believe, perhaps, you know, maybe uh, they don't believe the, uh, the corona thing is a scam. So I, I've been giving them, I've been flipping them over to take a look at what Robert Young has to say. He's this guy that developed the term pH diet. He's got a book called The pH Diet, all about getting your internal body to be less acidic and more a better pH balance for health. So anyway, a lot of, a lot of people that are in the vegan community, put a lot of stock in what he's had to say. And he is very good when it comes to breaking down the virus scam. He doesn't even believe uh, that he's got peer reviewed papers, plenty of them 
all about how the, uh, the, the virus, it doesn't even, hasn't even been proven to exist, never been isolated, hasn't gone through Koch's postulates, mm-hmm. all of that stuff. He's very good at it. Yep. So I've had some people take a look at that and say, hmm, maybe I should rethink this. So I think going about it in a way that maybe the person that you're talking to, it depends what interest they have, how susceptible they are to, to, to listening to a different point of view, all of that. But for sure, the last thing I would do is come at them with a slew of things that, uh, that are hard to believe anyway. Yeah, definitely. You want to come from a place that is um, factual and also a place that maybe they'll be interested in. Some people have interest in diet. Some have more interest in, you know, politics, whatever medium it may be. I always try to meet people where they are, where their interest is and where their um, their level of, I guess, comprehension is. Right. That's pretty much where I try to go. And of course, that's going to that's going to be different for every single person. Of course, sending them, if it's somebody yeah. that you don't know that well, I think sending them a, you know, if you're in a conversation, whatever it is that you're talking about, like the mask issue is a big one right now. So if it's somebody I don't know very well and we're talking about that, I'll send them one of Peggy Hall's videos, which she does a great job of <clears throat> describing how these, these uh, alleged mandates are not mandates at all. They're not laws. They are nothing more than guidelines and suggestions. And she's got a slew of videos on how to deal with that, how to go in, into stores without wearing the mask, et cetera, et cetera. So I'll flip them over to those. If it's, if it's, if it's something on a different topic, I'll kind of hone in on whatever topic we're talking about. And I think that's the way to do it. Yeah, definitely. You just want to meet them where they are and, and, and work with that. Because if you mention something that is so outlandish or just so shocking, they'll recoil and they won't want to talk to you again. So you really have to work with where, where people are. And even sometimes cooking a meal for someone and making them all relaxed and then talking about stuff as a technique that I use sometimes. Mm. So <laughs> that works. <laughs> So what have you done? We're coming in on uh, 30 minutes here, so I want to let you wait, let you go here pretty soon. But I wanted to ask you, what we talked a little bit last time about how to prepare for this. And I wish I had more suggestions, honestly, than what I've got. When people ask me, I tell them what I've done. Try to get out of the city if you possibly can. Put the mm-hmm. no consent to medical testing notice on your front door. That's at freedomtaker.org. If you've got the wherewithal, stock up on food, water, guns, gold, if you can. Um, short of that, there's not a lot you can do. Get right with your God and prepare for the worst. Expect the best, prepare for the worst. And um, I think that's pretty much all you can do. Yeah, I think those are um, good suggestions and uh, always, you know, take good care of yourself, spend time uh, with a fitness habit, um, eat well, uh, include good water in your diet, uh, grow some food if you can do that, uh, patronize a farm, specifically a local one, perhaps a farm that hasn't kind of um, bent to all of these, you know, propagandic uh, relations that we see a lot of businesses now bending to. So something like that. And I would also say for people to really understand how um, the human body works and understand how they can kind of maybe have more than just a first aid kit at home, but also understand 
how a lot or most of allopathy, I would say the majority of it with maybe some of the diagnostics and the emergency care, of course, much of it is just dis-ease management for people to really get basic knowledge of not just anatomy, but how um, simple home remedies will work to keep the body uh, going. Just think about the way like our ancestors did stuff and think about the way tribal people do stuff. They're able to live a natural, healthy life without having to patronize all of these institutions, including, you know, allopathy or Western medicine. And so do you, do you have any books, favorite books, links, or resources you'd recommend where they could get started doing that? Um, I'm trying to think. There is a good book about viruses. I think it's called Virus Crisis. I think it's called that. I bought that at the beginning of this whole um, this whole pandemic type of thing. Yeah, virus so mania. that's a good book. Virus mania. Virus mania. That's it. That's it. Yeah, virus mania. That's a good book for people to read. Um, anything by Henry J. Beeler. He was um, a doctor of yesteryear. Uh, there's an interesting book called Food Is Your Best Medicine. He also has another one about sexual health, but food is your best medicine is one of his original books that he wrote. He was, I guess he practiced quite some time ago. He's deceased now. Henry, some of the celebrities of the golden film era, era did him, yeah, used him. What's that? It was Beeler, Henry Beeler. Beeler. Yeah. Uh, B I E L E R. Right. Dr. Henry G Beeler. Yes. Yes. And uh, yeah, he was a, a doctor of yesteryear. Just familiarizing yourself with, I'd say there's more older books that people should look into. And if you're going to procure an older book, you want to sometimes go with the first edition or the original one because they can be reprinted and information can be taken out. And now is the time to buy a lot of this, these books and things because uh, they're being banned, especially on places like Amazon. They've already banned a lot of books about vaccination. I'm sure they'll be banning books in the future, uh, debunking germ theory and things like that. So people should really build a library now and, and don't count on Kindle or any of these electronic devices to store any of these books because they can take that away from you whenever they like. There's a reason they called it the Kindle fire, right? <laughs> yeah, I guess because it just yeah, oh yeah, that's actually interesting. There's a reason yeah. they call it cryptocurrency, right? Death currency. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, there's always yeah. a reason for everything. Sure, I mean, sim symbols, symbology rules the world. Some say. So I wouldn't doubt it. I think it does. Books. Yeah. I'm, I'm surprised that my books are still on Amazon. I'm waiting for those things to be taken down or blocked at any day. Yeah, I'm still surprised when I sometimes go on there that certain books still are available. Um, but then, of course, they aren't. Um, when you check back months later, sometimes I'll add something to my wish list and then I'll go back and I'll say, oh, it's gone. They just they took it away. So people should definitely try to uh, bone themselves up or brush up on that information and uh, don't rely on saving a link and don't rely on a Kindle or anything like that because it could always vanish. I suppose the good news in all of this is that it really does go to show you that when you walk around and there's nobody sick, nothing's really changed unless you turn the TV on. So on the good side, yeah. if somebody just takes on the suggestions that you just laid out and turns off the TV, that'll go a long way towards deprogramming, deprogramming them. Just a week of doing that, they could end up being a whole different person. Yeah, abs absolutely. And they probably will be um, having a bit more money because a lot of these older books, they're not much money, especially if you buy the older copy or you buy them, you know, in a used condition or something like that. I mean, 
here to get television, it's like, you usually have to get like a bundle package with internet and um, phone as well. It could be $200 a month. So people are spending this money that maybe they don't even have right now because of all the cuts and jobs and stuff. So they could just be really saving a lot of money. Now, another thing people can do is they can trim back on all these things they thought were essential before all of this, like maybe that gym membership, work out at home, walk, take exercise outside in the sun. Uh, what else? Uh, Netflix, Hulu, take out food. All of these things are money leaks that we should be spending money on, on books and high quality food, not on cable vision and whatever else people are spending money on. No, do no doubt about it. So maybe you could give, if you can give the audience your radio show that you're doing, they can tune into that. What's the link to that? Sure. Uh, I broadcast over at a website called the American National Radio Network. It's via the pod bean. Um, that's a bean, like a black bean pod bean uh, application. You can get it on your phone as well as uh, on a web page. And the URL for that is American National Radio Network dot pod bean dot com. It's me and two other uh, guys from America. We all have our own little shows and we do shows together. And my show is called White Wellness. Excellent. Thank you, Tabitha, so much. I hope to have you back here in a couple of weeks, so we'll see where we're at. And uh, anything else you want to add? Um, I think that's that's it. Um, thank you for having me on, Jeff, and I, I look forward to um, to chatting again. And everyone, just take good care of yourself, and always remember that uh, you have the power uh, to take care of yourself. And every every day, you have a choice to make good choices by what you um, what you eat, what you put in your mouth, and that can uh, steer you in the right or the wrong direction. Great. Thanks again, Tabitha. Have a good night there. You too, Jeff. Okay. Bye bye. Bye bye.